1: Welcome to the Insomnia Project. Sit back, relax, and listen as we have a calm conversation about the mundane. Topics that we come up with, if you have one, just send it to our Twitter account or Instagram and we'll be happy to consider it as one of the topics for our shows.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: I'm Marco Timpano. Thank you for joining us.
0: I'm Amanda Barker.
1: Amanda, welcome to the show.
0: Thank you for having me back as always.
1: We talked about um, doing the cranberry bog on our last episode.
0: We did. How do you remember it? I'm sure we did. I okay. just, I'm just, uh, you know, things going in and out of my brain quickly. We, now that you say it, I have like a vague memory of talking okay. about it. Yeah, because
1: you made me think for a second. No, we? you're right. Okay.
0: I mean, you're the. This is your show. I just right. don't. You know, I. For those who don't know me uh, as well, I worked in radio for five years, so every day I was. I didn't remember by the end of the day what I had talked about.
1: Listen, it's not your job to remember. (laughs) It's your job to be here and to enjoy the 26 minutes we have.
0: I always do.
1: I wanted to talk about fall walks. Mm -hmm. That kind of sort of links us from last week's show.
0: I don't know if you know this, actually, but I just came from one. I do. Oh, okay. You did know that. Okay. I did
1: know that you came from one because I heard you come into the house. and
0: oh. <laughs> okay. okay. But I, I had told you I was going for a run, but I, it was actually on a really beautiful trail. Oh, I
1: know. I didn't know this. Okay, yeah. so tell me about this before we get into fall walks.
0: I mean, I don't have to. No, I
1: want to because then we'll just <laughs> dive deeper.
0: So what I um, sort of just discovered, you know, I'm trying to We're – we're going in, right? Our exploration – You and I are travelers, right? Right. We love to travel. We can certainly do a lot of discussions on cities and that type of thing. But, um, you know, for the last little while, our traveling has been inward um, because that's what's accessible to us. And so, you know, I've been trying my best to explore the area around our home, around our city, uh, just undiscovered terrain. And I finally figured out today uh, a path that I had sort of knew was there but didn't know how to access. Mm-hmm. Um, and I went for a sort of, well, I would say, 30% jog, maybe 40% okay. jog, 50% walk.
1: So walk-jog. Uh,
0: a walk-jog, a little half-and-half. Half. Um, a wog, if you will. Mm-hmm. On the path that is also the train tracks. Oh,
1: did you go on the train? I did, yeah. How did you access it? Okay, okay. so I
0: figured out where to do it. So there's, we have actually two um, retirement-slash-nursing homes uh, near our home, and so it is in the part—there's sort of a little path, and I don't know if this is the official entrance, but the closest to our house that I could find was um, in the— From the parking lot of one of them. Okay. Yeah. So I was sort of running and jogging and walking, like I said. And uh, I thought there's got to be a way to get on to this path. I could see, you know, a woman walking her dog, two runners. And so I found a little sort of indentation in the shrubbery in the bush and there was a little path up to it so, so. it
1: wasn't official it wasn't an no, official No it was path. unofficial okay. so i don't
0: know where the official ways to get on i mean we can look for that and, but um, because so. you
1: can you can access that train track to walk on right it's well, not it's to, meant, it's it, meant to right. be
0: there's a path and that's what i wanted to tell you there's a path sort of alongside there's obviously the train tracks and there were no trains uh, at that moment, but there's also a, a walking path that is definitely designated for that with people running and walking on it and, um, a little footbridge areas of the train bridges themselves to make sure that people are safe as they walk on them. But it really brought back memories of my, um, young adulthood because I grew up with an old abandoned train bridge, uh, in back of my house. And
1: train tracks too, right?
0: train tracks, yeah. yeah. Um, After a while, I think they took some of them out and some of them were still there. Mm. The train hadn't run since the 60s right? um, where I grew up, which is in New Brunswick. I did grow up in Massachusetts too, if anyone's been listening. And I moved to New Brunswick when I was 13. And uh, my family lived there until I was... uh, can't remember when they moved I think I was in my I was into my 30s when they moved from that home I had since moved to Toronto but um, anyway so my teens and some of my 20s was spent there and so as a young person I would um, because it was out in the country I would go and explore the train bridge which had actually really cool graffiti from the 60s On it, like stuff that obviously was written during the 60s and 70s. Cool. Yeah. Um, And uh, that became kind of my place. So it really brought back a lot of memories of fall walks along train tracks.
1: Now, there's something so lovely about, for me anyways, I don't know how you feel about this, Mm -hmm. about trains near your home Mm -hmm. and the sounds of trains going by the odd whistle or the or the train on the track i love it i know how some people might not but i do
0: i love it as well
1: love that um
0: we had so i had that but there was never a train and then when i went to university mount allison university um the train would come through twice twice a day so we would hear it at night and then well, passenger trains would, and then, sure. th- of course, there's cargo. So, And the ones near our house, I should say, are all cargo trains, right?
1: Uh, mostly, yeah. I don't I, think I, a passenger train no, uses I, those tracks. I think it gets diverted a little bit west of us, the mm-hmm. passenger train. Um, I've
0: never seen a passenger train on those tracks. No, yeah. no.
1: I'm sure they could access it, but it wouldn't take them to anywhere that—
0: It's not a route that anyone route, would take. No. Not right now, anyway.
1: You were telling me there's a whole bunch of apple trees— Along oh, yeah. the sides yeah. of the train tracks where you grew up. So
0: what happened was...
1: Oh, I can't wait to hear this.
0: Um, well, uh, I, I think I told you at one point, maybe. But um, what happened was they, the train... So I grew up in, I should preface this with, the town that was nearest to my home was the town of Woodstock, New Brunswick. And at the turn of the century... And the early 19th century, um, it was, I think, a town that, I think that was its heyday, to be honest. The train went through. Sure. It was one of the uh, first English, actually, it was the first English town you would hit from Quebec. Okay. Uh, in New Brunswick. So uh, it was a gateway for a few different places, a uh, gateway to Fredericton or St. John, gateway to Quebec going the other way. Right um it was also it's right on the border to maine so it had a lot of people coming and going through it and uh when i lived there it only had about five thousand people um so i don't think it ever really fully flourished out its potential um with the advent of cars and so on but um in any event it was at the in the early 19th century a place that people would at the very least go through, and so the train tracks were lined with uh, all types of trees, but particularly apple trees. There were tons and tons and tons of apple trees along the tracks, just growing wild. And the reason was because people apples were the easiest thing that you could take as a snack on the train. Sure, if it was you know. Nineteen ten or nineteen twenty, and you were taking a cross Canada trip, or if you were, you know, an immigrant coming in from Halifax, going to Ontario, for example, you would have apples. That's what you'd feed your kids. That's you know that that's the perfect snack.
1: Portable, yeah, hearty, cheap, cheap. Yeah. They're not going to get damaged. Yeah. Like uh, they're not going to be like certain fruits, like a banana would not be A, available, but B, would not be conducive to. Oh, they wouldn't have bananas right. back
0: then. No, absolutely. I mean, oranges were considered
1: a luxury. A luxury. Sure. A lot of
0: people would get them only at Christmas, right?
1: So they would spit the seeds out.
0: They would throw the cores. Oh. They would throw the, yeah, they would spit the seeds out. But more likely they would, when they were done with the apple, they would just throw the apple core out the window, right, and so because of that, those seeds flourished. Some of them, and so the the tracks are lined with, with apple trees. There's also, I should say, other fruits there. There's um, some wild strawberries, a ton of raspberries. Oh wow! Um, blueberries as well, and actually choke cherries, as well.
1: Not a huge fan of choke cherries. I like choke. I cherries. know you do.
0: We can talk more about that if you want. I don't know.
1: Well, before we go to choke cherries, you had mentioned the retirement community near our house. Oh, yeah. That little, that um, residency, I guess you could mm-hmm. say, a residence of mm-hmm. uh, retired retired individuals. Mm. And they do the most beautiful flower garden near the tracks
0: right so the one there's two so the one on the far end is the one near the tracks right you're talking about the one closer to us
1: which you kind of have to go through their little path Mm -hmm. to get to the other one that's true actually and their path is just lined with the most beautiful flowers that bloom throughout the season Mm -hmm. and right now there's a ton of Moon flowers, is that what they're called?
0: Moon lilies. Moon,
1: moon lilies. Yeah,
0: they're gorgeous.
1: And it's just, they just did such a spectacular job, and I can't help but think they brought their old world knowledge or their knowledge from the years on planting and how to make a beautiful garden that I certainly don't possess, and they did such a phenomenal job well, there.
0: Well, it's interesting. I mean, you do have people there that lived through uh, World War II. Sure. Um And um, they would have known what a victory garden was and planting victory gardens. I don't even
1: know what a victory garden is. I just learned what it was. So a victory
0: garden, my understanding was, um, you know, uh, similar to what a lot of people have tried to do in the past few years, but more reliance on what you can grow at home sure, so that you're not draining the resources of the country. Because back then— you know, they were feeding the troops. They were sending rations and so on to the troops. So, so you're talking
1: native species of flowers?
0: Well, flowers and
1: vegetables. And vegetables. And okay. fruit, actually. Okay.
0: I mean, an apple tree would certainly be part of a victory garden if it was, you know, flowering and and bearing fruit. But um I just wanted to say that day moon lilies, I don't know. There's a few names for them. Okay. But the reason they're called moon lilies is because they only— Open and bloom at night. So they close up during the day. So they're sort of the opposite flower. Right. right. It's like opposite day for them. They're beautiful, long, white kind of trumpet blossoms and they open at night. Beautiful. So they're beautiful at night and they, they smell gorgeous.
1: Well, oh, I didn't realize they had a scent to them.
0: Mm-hmm. I think so. Okay. Maybe they don't. Maybe I just think they smell gorgeous.
1: And w- what were you saying about the Victory Garden?
0: My understanding was, well, as I just explained, that the Victory Garden was a way for you to not drain the resources of the country. So instead of, um, you know, going to your local grocer and buying carrots, that you'd grow them at home or whatever. I think that's right. Sure. I don't know. Anyway, the point is that the people who inhabit these places near our home would have a lot of gardening knowledge from times when gardening was extraordinarily ex- essential to a country's well-being. Of course, and not just a fun hobby in their backyard; like it was something very essential to, to, um, you know, to their existence. Uh, I should say that we live on a fairly quiet, you know, tree-lined street, but the the traffic of the the elderly is a real thing. <laughs> Meaning? W- walking up and down the street. Um, we have our share of anything, you know, walking aids, canes, yes. et cetera.
1: Sometimes you have to go off the sidewalk because there mm-hmm. is a troop of elderly people with their canes and their walkers yes. coming towards you. And, they, and they're and they so lovely. They're so lovely, they're but they so, mean business so when they're walking.
0: You know, they yeah. some of them wanting on our lilacs sure. in the spring. <laughs>
1: Yeah, we'll get knocks on the door from some of the people in the residence who just want a clipping of our beautiful lilac tree.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: Um, Mm -hmm. Datura is the common, or is the genus of that flower.
0: And they're called moon lilies?
1: They're called thorn apples. Oh. Jimson weeds. (sighs) Jimson weeds, I should say. Okay. Not Jimson. Jimson weeds.
0: Jimson weeds.
1: Uh, Devil's trumpets. Oh. Moonflower.
0: Moonflower, maybe that.
1: Devil's weed.
0: I've started calling them moon lilies.
1: And hell's bells.
0: I think moonflower is what I knew them as, but so though that's a lot of names for one type of species. And
1: they're poisonous and psychoactive, especially their seeds and flowers. What does
0: psychoactive
1: mean? So um, just be careful because, you know, um, a psychoactive is a chemical substance that changes the nervous system.
0: Oh, my.
1: Yeah, so they're, they're, you know, exercise caution. Do not be eating (laughs) them um, because they're so pretty. Not that you would eat a flower because it's pretty. Well, some flowers are edible. Stick to apples.
0: Or pansies. You can eat a pansy.
1: So we started this journey because of fall walks. And it's (laughs) so nice to know there's a beautiful walk by the train track Mm -hmm. near our home.
0: And the smell, that smell of trains, which I, I don't know if it's good for you, but I do love it.
1: We... Went on a fall walk with some friends yesterday. We did. And yeah. that was a gorgeous walk through the city through a path called the Belt Line.
0: The K Gardner Belt Line.
1: Which is which it's so great to go through this green patch or swath that snakes its way through the city with a whole canopy of trees surrounding you.
0: We're lucky that we live in a city that has these sort of private little areas to discover that are lush
1: but they're open to the public when you say private
0: well they're private in that there's no houses or they're not owned by anyone right I guess so in other words they're public right but they feel private because you feel like you've discovered them and you have them all to yourself
1: so what do you like to see on your fall walk for me it's like seeing the notes of fall so like what does that mean Colored leaves falling, mm-hmm. pumpkins on the side of people's properties. Okay. Um, fall leaf, uh, fall wreaths, which we have to put ours up. I yeah. know. I just got a bit of a, a stare from Amanda. I'll, I'll after this, after we record this, I'll mm-hmm. I'll go into our little nook where we keep our wreaths, and we don't
0: have we we don't have much room for
1: seasonal decor, for sure.
0: We don't have much room for it. No. Uh, because so we've trimmed it down to like I used to have Halloween decor and it just takes up too much space so it's our Halloween decor consists of one tiny little light that ha- it projects skeletons onto our door and a wreath I think that's it yeah but I'll get some mums and we have some uh, some pumpkins out there too
1: I think the dancing skeletons are quite charming on our door
0: I mean it's just our little homage to Halloween, I, I love Halloween so much, so it's uh, it's our little tribute without, you know, I used to have a, you know, a two-foot Dracula, but
1: right. honestly... Who needs a two-foot it, Dracula? It took up
0: a lot of space. <laughs> um,
1: you know, going trick-or-treating is also a fall walk, if you think about it. It's
0: probably more of a three-foot Dracula, now that I think about right. it. Yeah. Right. <laughs> trick-or-treating is a
1: fall walk uh,
0: of An sorts. evening
1: fall walk. Do you like going for day walks? Or night walks? I like
0: both. Okay. Yeah. Because what was neat yesterday was we went for a walk around, I think, 536. That's right. So we got to kind of enjoy the sunset. And as we walked back, it was completely dark. And it was just us on the trail with the crunch of the leaves under our feet. And, you know, we went from a Robert Frost poem to a Stephen King novel all in one walk, which was kind of awesome.
1: And... um. Jason, Jason Bateman, Bateman, the Bateman, the person who paints. It's not Jason Bateman. <laughs> Jason Bateman Ro- does not paint bir- Well, right. he
0: might paint birds. Jason Bateman w- was on Arrested Development. Right. Robert Ro- Bateman. Um, I'm not sure what the plaque said on the walk. Something he about Robert. Lives.
1: Bateman. He used to live. Oh, okay. Off the Beltline.
0: Oh, okay. So a lot of the birds he would have painted. He's, he's a, known for he's his nature paintings.
1: Artist who does. A lot of birds, mm-hmm. a lot of wolves, okay, a lot of uh, wild animals native to North I America. I know him as the bird man. Oh, do you?
0: Yeah. Yeah, but my sister's an artist, so she always refers to him and his bird paintings. There you go. Mm.
1: That was something we discovered on our walk.
0: hmm Yeah. It's, uh, there's, they've done a good job with all the little historical plaques that tell you about things that have happened in that area. Sure. And, I mean, it's it's neat when you live in a city for 20 years and you discover miles and yeah. miles of, of a path that you've never even experienced before, seen before. Just having something new to explore for yourself is pretty magical.
1: Sure, sure. I love just wearing a sweater, mm. maybe a scarf, mm-hmm. and taking a walk. Maybe, like you said, bring an apple with me. And enjoy it along the trail. For me, that's a perfect um, fall walk, maybe a bit of cocoa when you come home. Oh. Yeah. Do you say cocoa
0: or hot chocolate?
1: Oh, I think I say hot chocolate.
0: Canadians usually say hot chocolate and Americans say cocoa.
1: I'm sure I say hot chocolate.
0: But I say cocoa, so I've influenced
1: you, I think. Perhaps. Mm -hmm. Or something pumpkin spiced.
0: I love pumpkin spice. I know it's it can be a controversial flavoring, but I enjoy
1: it. What is it you like about pumpkin spice?
0: I like anything that I wouldn't normally get another time of the year. Sometimes it's not available. Sometimes it is, but you just don't. You know, I wouldn't want pumpkin spice in July necessarily. Sure. Um, we're We're seasonal creatures, a lot of us. Um, humans. And uh, like Ayurvedic medicine sort of talks about, whether you practice it or not, talks about eating seasonally. In fact, you see that a lot. So uh, I know pumpkin spice isn't really part of Ayurvedic <laughs> medicine. <laughs>
1: Although it would be great if it was. Yeah.
0: I mean, maybe nutmeg or clove or sure. something would be. But um, just this idea that it, it's, it's the time to have that thing. You know, right. for example, a primavera pasta, you always say doesn't make sense in the fall.
1: Right. It's a spring pasta that has spring veggies in right. it, right? That's the key to it.
0: And we we're you know, we're so lucky that we can kind of order up anything at any time
1: mm-hmm.
0: that it becomes all the more special when it's something you can only get for a month or two of the year.
1: Sure, before. sure.
0: Yeah. So your perfect fall walk would be an apple, a sweater and some crunchy leaves.
1: Followed by hot chocolate or cocoa whatever you Mm -hmm. use um a walk with friends like we did that was a lot of fun
0: it's something fun we've i'm trying to incorporate that when we want to be social that we also move because i think i'm just noticing that i've become a bit more sedentary in my life so i'm trying to find ways and nature is so much more fun explored with friends
1: Sure, and that's great any time of the year. Mm-hmm. So it doesn't have to stop at fall walks. You can do a winter walk mm-hmm. or a spring mm-hmm. walk, depending on how wet it is. <laughs> so you, could do, you could jump in muddy puddles, as they do on Peppa Pig.
0: <laughs> yes.
1: And then a summer stroll, I guess.
0: Sure, yeah. I mean, there's different ways to, mm-hmm. to make it happen. But I think fall is such a perfect temperature for a walk. Because it's, you have a bit of breeze. Sure. You can layer, you might get a bit warm, so you can take that poncho or scarf off and wrap it around your waist. Or, you know, it's, it's that perfect breezy, you know, you're not in sandals, you're not sweaty. Right. You're, you can wear some nice boots if you want without, with and still be comfortable, but you're not, you know, geared up with nine layers of flannel either, so it's. There's something really lovely about that.
1: You could also walk in a pumpkin patch. We were just at a pumpkin patch, and I'm going to um, put the video of us strolling through that pumpkin patch on our Patreon page for our patrons. Um, You and I were at a pumpkin patch area, and we picked up some fall vegetables. We
0: did. Who doesn't love a beautiful farm stand?
1: Yeah.
0: And that goes back to what I was saying about pumpkin spice, you know, eating seasonally. Uh, I picked up whatever was there, so the I got beets. A, I got a bunch of beets a or
1: beetroot for our right uh, UK yeah. listeners.
0: Uh, a bunch of carrots. Um, what else did I get? A big bag of corn, which is we've enjoyed. It's so, the
1: last of the corn. They said. Yeah, so, they
0: were like, "This is the last corn of the season," so we're really savoring it. I think, yeah.
1: But we forgot to get the potatoes.
0: That's okay. Potatoes will be there all year. That's the thing about potatoes. You'll get them all year long because they keep.
1: But we we certainly picked up quite a few squash, and this was the second picking of squash <laughs> at that particular uh, farm stand. So we have the Georgia sweet squash. We have the blue...
0: Blue Hubbard.
1: Blue Hubbard squash.
0: We have spaghetti squash.
1: We picked up a spaghetti squash. Two
0: spaghetti squash, actually.
1: We picked up two? Yeah. What was that little oblong football-sized... That's uh, a
0: spaghetti squash. Oh, that was a spaghetti Those squash. Those are spaghetti squash, okay. yeah. So they, they're they called that because you scoop them out, and it they look like stringy spaghetti, and you can kind of eat them like spaghetti or like a pasta. Sure,
1: my least favorite of the squash. Are they? Yeah, not my favorite.
0: Well, they can be delicious. And then
1: what's that, like... We also picked up a white...
0: We got buttercup.
1: Buttercup squash.
0: Um... And we almost got a butter nut, which is probably the best known of the squashes. And then I think we decided to not get a, we got a butter cup instead because I thought a butter cup would look nice on our stoop. Right. So it'd be nice and ornamental. And then when we're low on our groceries, I can pull it off the stoop and make a soup with it.
1: What's the white one we got?
0: That's a pumpkin. That's a white pumpkin.
1: And here's a trick that Amanda likes to do before we end our podcast.
0: And I don't know, I feel like... Root vegetables are called different things in the UK. Sure. Like you said, beetroot versus beets. We say beets. Um, But I think with pumpkin and squash, they may have different names as well. I just wanted to point that out.
1: Um, I don't think we do, but our our UK listeners will certainly let us know because they're Mm -hmm. some of the most vocal uh, listeners we have. They send me emails, which I love, love by the way. That's great. Um, Around Halloween, mm-hmm. I will carve out the pumpkin, and yes. as I'm doing that, anything that I carve from the pumpkin, Amanda will then make a jack o' lantern soup. As um, I'm getting ready, she'll just take the flesh and everything and make make a what soup out of it. What we've done
0: for the last ten years is, you carve it on the day on Halloween day. You carve your jack o' lantern, you scoop it all out for me. I toast the seeds. I actually separate them from the flesh and then toast them, and while I'm doing that, I make a curried coconut pumpkin soup, and that takes a long time because pumpkin is a little bit tougher than your average squash, so it does take a little longer to simmer and to cook. It's got
1: some more fibrous nature to it. Yeah,
0: and so while the kids are coming to the door and trick-or-treating, I'm making this big soup, and uh, it takes usually about two hours to make, and then... And then once the kids sort of die down, around nine or so, then we sit down and enjoy it.
1: And that is our little stroll through our fall walk. I hope you enjoyed it. Mm -hmm. Let us know what you do on your fall walks and what you see. And if you have photos of trains near your house, we'd be open to putting that on our Instagram, so let us know as well.
0: Fall walks and traditions, we should say, because it's as much about fall traditions today as about walks.
1: 100%. Amanda, thank you for taking us to Woodstock, New Brunswick, (laughs) and to the little path by the train track near our home. Until next time, this is the Insomnia Project. I'm Marco Timpano.
0: I'm Amanda Barker.
1: And this episode was recorded by the train tracks in Toronto, Canada.